Our Heavenly Father, it is always good to be able to gather in this place to say thank you. Now give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We do love you, we honor you, we magnify your holy and your perfect name. We thank you right now for your blessings. We thank you for your grace and your glory. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. In your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 2. You can follow us on the board. I'm going to continue part two. What kind of vessel am I, part two? We're going to read verses 22 through 26. And this is how it reads in 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verses 22 through 26. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. May God bless the reading of his word. I'll have some other passages that I'm reading. When I think of Brother Larry, who is here today, not to put him on the spot, I just appreciate him and Sister Marie and their their worker. Brother Larry, for a long time, was with me here at noon prayer. It was often just the two of us, sitting right over there in that corner, praying. I recall Brother Larry on one day said that he got up out of bed, and since he was retired, he sat on the couch and fell back to sleep. (laughs) <laughs> it was time to come to prayer, and by the time it was time to come to prayer, he got up and sat back down, went back to sleep. By the time he got here, it was about 1230, <laughs> and he came in saying, Pastor Small, I, I fell asleep, got up and sat down and fell asleep. <laughs> and I just want to tell Brother Larry that I appreciate you. I appreciate you, Sister Marie, just for the longevity. I know there's been some sickness, but... It's good to have Brother Larry here today. (laughs) Same with the praise team, with the men. You know, sometimes we'll be working on certain things. Just appreciate you. Today we pick up with verse number 22 in part two of what kind of vessel am I? On last week, we... We talked about those sanctified vessels, those sanctified dishes that your parents had in that china cabinet that you couldn't touch during the week and was only for special occasions. Well, I want you to know that God has made you a very, very special vessel, and he has poured himself into your very life. For those who have said yes to God, do you not know that you cannot stay the same? (laughs) If the Lord is living in you, there is no way to stay the same. When Paul tells Timothy to flee and pursue, this would be the same scripture in 1 Timothy 
chapter 6, verse 11, when he tells him, flee and pursue. I don't know if I put 1 Timothy up there, Brother George. Do you see? Would you put that on the board? Look at what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. When Paul often gives lists in his writings, there are some lists that contain some of the same words and some of them do not. When Paul says flee, it would be the same command. It would be the same imperative. When we look at the Greek, an imperative is a command. When the Lord says, thou shalt worship the Lord, thy God. When the Lord gives the command, it is not a suggestion. Let, let me make that, make that clear. When God gives a command, it is not for you to decide whether you're going to obey it or not. His command is for you to obey. When Paul tells Timothy, flee, it gives the impression that one is to turn and to run from. One is to avoid. One is to not go after something because it does not benefit. But then he gives a second imperative and he says, pursue. Now, these are the things that are to, you are to do. It brings health. It brings vitality. It brings strength. And so Paul tells Timothy and he gives the same imperative. Paul always uses flee in relationship to a particular sin. When Paul talks about fleeing, it is never a general command. He always has something specific in mind, even if we may not always know all of the details. Paul uses flee, and it oftentimes relates to sin. If you recognize what sin is, and if you do not avoid it, it will ensnare you. Sin ensnares. Sin will keep you from being able to make progress towards your goals. And Paul was very, very clear to Timothy that he wanted him to avoid sin. He wanted him to avoid the very things that the religious leaders that were teaching false doctrine were doing. He wanted him to avoid these things and to put things into place. Now remember this, Timothy was a young man. Now there has been a lot of debate relating to what does Paul actually mean about fleeing youthful passions. Now you might think that he's only referring to that which is sensual, and it may be, but many commentators are not in agreement with what Paul is telling Timothy or exactly what it means. Some even think that when Paul says, Timothy, that you are to flee youthful passions, some think that it comes into mind and, in, and it looks at the list that Paul brings up right in verse 22, such as righteousness, faith, love, and peace. He says, flee those things and pursue these things, faith, Love, peace. But the problem here, when he tells Timothy to flee passions, and he would be telling him to 
pursue these other things, the list is too general. When he says righteousness, faith, love, and peace, that you are to pursue these things, Paul is telling Timothy that I want you to know, Timothy, stand firm on the principles of God. Now, let me say this. Timothy, being a young man, would have certain passions. He would have certain things that he would be attracted to. When it comes to sensual matters, it is unclear if Timothy had a problem in this area. When Paul says, Timothy, I want you to flee useful passions, some commentators say that it was sensual, and others say, no, we think the problem that Paul is telling Timothy is those things that would have a young person to get into certain types of arguments and into controversies and into fights. When Paul makes the list and the mention in verse 23 have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies, some believe that this is what Paul is referencing when he tells Timothy to flee youthful passions. That it would be those things that a young person would be attracted to do. For example, when a young person gets upset and bothered, it is hard for them to keep in check their emotions, things that makes them angry. They would be one to lash out at individuals. They would be one to say, you can't talk to me that way. And they would be willing to give people a piece of their mind. But Paul says, Timothy, these are the things that are not beneficial for you. Some commentators think that this is what he has in mind, and it may be, but it is not very clear if this is all that he has in mind. But one thing is very, very clear is that Timothy had to stand firm on God's word, and whatever would cause him to have a problem as a youth, those were the things that were, he was to avoid. Now get this. There's no indication that I'm aware of if Timothy was ever married. I don't believe I have come across a scripture that suggests he may have been married. And because he was in a church in Ephesus that was an up-and-coming church, there were certain things and certain temptations that could draw him away from the gospel. And so Paul wants Timothy to remain focused, and he wants him to stay away from those things and pursue. Now, he's not saying that it was wrong to marry. He's not saying that at all. But he is saying there are certain things, Timothy, that's not beneficial for you as a young person to do and to be involved in. And so make sure that you're pursuing that which brings honor and glory to God. In verse 23, as I said, may give some indications to what were some of the issues. Youthfulness can be a very big problem for many, many people. I'm still very, very young. I'm 29 and holding. You may think I'm about over the hill, but I'm not. I'm, 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 not, I'm not as old as Ruby over there. I'm not old, as old as Pep and this young man over here. I, I've decided to, <laughs> to stop at 29. And thank the Lord he has blessed me. I can still run a little bit. <laughs> what would be Timothy's main issue that Paul is concerned about? That Satan does not use anything that would lead the church or have the church to fall. Because we live in a world today that is governed by senses, we must be very careful that even pastors and preachers can also be tempted. There's nothing wrong with 
the problem with, with matters of watching and seeing, but the Bible says that one has to be careful that one does not allow themselves to be tempted. Now, when we talk about temptation, it is often an allurement to do that which is against God's will. Temptations come, but you don't have to sin. The Bible says that the Lord was tempted at every point as we are, yet without sin. There are some thoughts that may come through your mind, and you should, you should not put on the brakes. You just need to let it keep going. There are some, there are some thoughts that come through the mind, we stop and we entertain them. And sometimes it's not very beneficial because it's not going to help us to be able to accomplish the very things that God wants us to be able to accomplish. Youthfulness is good, but it has to be challenged. It has to be curtailed. It has to be handled in a certain way. And so Timothy, being a young man, has a great responsibility upon him as a pastor of a church, as a leader of a church where he is having to deal with various types of controversies. And it would be something that for Timothy to want to raise up and to put people in their place. But Paul says, Timothy, do it in the right way. Don't allow your youth to get away from you. There is a strong appeal for, from Paul to Timothy to pursue, to go after hard those things that are righteous, those things that are lovely, those things that are of faith, and those things that are of peace. He says, Timothy, flee these things, but pursue righteousness. Pursue these things. Now, righteousness cannot be attained by us according to our own doing. It must be done by Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. It says, for God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. It is the scriptures that promote righteousness, the spirit that promotes righteousness. Whenever you see the word righteousness in the Bible, it is often dealing with that which follows the principles or the word of God. The word love. There's a word called agapeo in the Greek, agape. That word is a God-given love, and when Paul is using it, it's the type of love that Paul says that Timothy is to have towards the church or to one another. So when Paul speaks of love, he oftentimes means that love which is extended to the body of Christ. What type of love is that? It's the love of God that says, even if you do me wrong, I'm going to still care about you. I'm going to still do what's in your best interest. It's the type of love that goes against what people say you should do. Somebody does you wrong, they say you better get even with them. Somebody does you wrong, say just wait for your opportunity to get them. But God says, forgive. The Lord says, let me handle your battles. So when we think about that word love, it is not a love that the world could give. But Paul says, Timothy, you must have a love for the body of Christ that surpasses anything that you could do of yourself. It's an, an agape love. 
It's a God love that even caused Jesus Christ to die on the cross when we were heading in the opposite direction when we wanted nothing to do with him. We must have faith. When you think about faith, it is not faith in nothing, but it is in faith in God's word. It is a faith that says, I can't see it right now, but I can believe it's going to happen because God said so. God gave me a promise. You see, there are some things where you can't see, but you know it's in the word of God. You know God has given you a promise. And so what do you do? You hold on to it because you know in time it will be fulfilled. There's some things that God may even do in your life, and you don't even know what he's doing. But you say, God, whatever you're doing, go ahead and do it and use me. Even though I can't see it, I pray that you will carry it out. When we think about the peace of God, it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's a peace that does not seek controversy. Now, remember this. Peace is not something that is passive. It is not something that that is compromised. So when we think about peace, peace is something that God gives you in the midst of a storm. It's the peace that says, Lord, I am troubled on every side. I am perplexed. I don't know what's happening, but I believe that you're going to work out everything. And so my trust is in you, and I pray that your peace will cover me. Paul says, Timothy, you have nothing to do with foolish." Ignorant controversies, verse 23, you know that they breed quarrels. Timothy was not to be a starter of fights in the church. Help us, Lord. (laughs) He was not to be one to start controversies. He was to act differently than other youth. He was to act differently even than the leaders who were teaching false doctrine. So Paul says, Timothy, don't have anything to do with foolish or ignorant controversies, you know that they breed quarrels. Now, we know that this must have been a problem. Controversies are always present, but you have to be very careful that you don't give in to controversies. Paul is constantly telling Timothy that you must watch, that you must beware. Paul is not telling Timothy that he cannot deal with individuals or hard things. But he is telling Timothy, don't be the starter of controversy. Don't allow those who are pursuing controversies to continue in that way. You know they do nothing but produce fights and quarrels. Verses 24 and 25a. He says, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Paul mentions four things in this verse, four things. One, he says, we want you to be kind to everyone. Two, he wants you to be able to teach. Three, patiently endure evil. And four, correct his opponents with gentleness. Being kind to everyone is not easy. Being kind does not mean that you are a pushover. It doesn't mean that you allow people to just run over you. You see, there's, there's something in the, in the Christian community that somehow many people feel and think that to be kind means that you can't say anything at all to tell people that they're wrong. 
It doesn't mean that. It means the way that you approach people is in a way that is nice rather than always coming off with an attitude. Do you know there's some people that will avoid you just because of your demeanor? They want nothing to do with you just because of the way you come across. He says, be kind, be kind. Why is that important? Because your purpose is to draw people to the love and the grace of God. And you never know what people have gone through in their life. And it's just, it just may be the way that they act. And it might just be you that helps them to overcome that particular way of acting or that attitude. So be kind to people. You can let people know what's wrong. I, I don't let people run over me. Uh, not all the time. <laughs> I, sometimes I have to watch. I, I've had the, the Lord recently told me to be still, be quiet. Don't, don't say anything. Because I was itching to say something. It was hard. I found myself, you know, when something is bothering you, it's going to ooze in. I don't know if I can hold this. But the Lord told me, don't say anything. And it was so very difficult because everything in me was rising up. And I wanted to tell this person off. It was hard. But I listened. And I took my complaint to the Lord. God, now you know, (laughs) if something is not done soon, Lord, with this individual... So, Lord, help me because I'm having a hard time. And then I was given a word. That word to me was that you are not here for that person. You're here for this other person. You're not here for that person. You're here for this person who was connected. I said, oh. And that allowed me to be able to settle down. Take some verbal abuse because my purpose was for another individual to help that person. And if at that time I was not there to help that other person, it is quite possible that there may have been a very serious situation that took place. I had to be reminded not just once, not just twice. I had to be reminded a few times. Remember, you're not there for that person. Because every time that person would rise up, my spirit, Lord, help me. (laughs) Paul says you got to be able to teach. Now, get this. When Paul says that you must be able to teach, it is not just dealing with teaching, but he says you must have a willingness and a desire to teach. You must have a passion to teach. He says then you must patiently endure evil. Patiently enduring evil when wrong and not trying to get even allows God to take matters into his hands. If we remember that we are not living for ourselves, then what we can do, we can say that we can see and wait and say, God, you do it according to your own timetable. Remember this. God hates sin. He hates evil. So just keep in mind, the Lord is watching. He sees all things. So when he tells Timothy, patiently endure, he says that while you've got to deal with it, know that the Lord wants to help you even when wrong. 
not for you to try to get even. Fourth, in correcting his opponents with gentleness, Timothy would have had to have contact with them. Now, get this in mind. Keep this in mind. Even though there were problems in the church, Timothy had to maintain contact with those leaders, with the leaders in the church. You would think that Timothy would have to come out and blast him, but Paul says, gently and work with them. Why? Because possibly it might lead to repentance. The goal of your work as a Christian, as a minister, Timothy, as a person in the body of Christ, is this, is to honor God that souls may be pointed to him so that people have a chance to change. There have been some people that I've seen years down the road, years later, and did not even know that they were watching me. 15, 20, 25 years down the road. And they said, I've been watching you a long time. Even when I was a teenager, I've had someone even recently tell me, I've been watching you a long time. And they were much older. You never know what God is doing in your life and how it will have an impact on another individual. As I bring this to a close in the next couple of minutes, Paul says in verses 25b and 26, God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. When Paul talks about coming to their senses, the idea that Paul has in mind, it deals with a person who is intoxicated. It deals with the fact of when a person is intoxicated, they are not in the right mind. And so what Paul is saying, when they have sobered up, when they have come back to a right frame of mind, when they are sober-minded. This is what Paul is speaking about in this passage here. That when they come to their senses, it speaks of intoxication. Paul's desire is that there would be true repentance. God extends his grace to sinners. Please keep that in mind. Don't try to get people saved before coming to God. You hear me? Don't tell people to go get cleaned up before coming to God. No, the Bible says they are to come as they are. Please understand this. The Lord takes you just as you are, and he cleans you up. There are some people who say, no, 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 before you come to church, okay, let me tell you, I want you to go do A, B, C, and D. And then I need, you need to follow one, two, three, four, five. No, the Bible says come as you are. Why? Because there's no way that we can clean up ourselves. Paul is saying, Timothy, Timothy, when they become sober, it might just lead them to repentance. When we come to our right mind, we may just say yes to the will of God. Why? Because we are under the authority and power of Satan until we come to God. I don't care who you are. Satan is the one that rules your life if you don't know Christ. And what does that mean? It means that the enemy of this world is in opposition to God. 
everything he does is trying to destroy what God does. The moment you say no to him and turn to God, he begins a, a, an attack. He begins a, a venture to try to pull you back to himself. But the moment you say yes to God and leave him, you are part of the kingdom. And Paul says to Timothy, their repentance may just break the tie that Satan has over their very life. And so Paul wants Timothy to note and to realize that you've got to speak to them gently. You've got to preach the word to them. You've got to talk to them. But do it in such a way that allows them to be drawn so that the grip that the enemy has on them may be broken. So let me ask you, what type of vessel are you? Are you a vessel that God is able to use? One to where even when you might blow it, you say, God, I'm sorry. I I turn to you and I, I want you to do a work in me. I know I can't do it on my own. I know it's difficult. Are you one to say, God, unless you do something, I'm going to blow it every single time. What type of vessel are you? Are you that one and that kind of vessel that, that will say, yeah, I blew it. I messed up. And Lord, I'm sorry. And I turn back to you. Are you the vessel that says, no, I'm going to do whatever I want to do, no matter what. (laughs) May we be a vessel that God works through. May we be a candle that allows the light to shine that will bring honor and glory to God. Brother George, if you will get ready to come. May we be a vessel that allows the work of the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and to flow through us. Where the Lord can reach people that you thought and I thought could never be reached. There are some people that you may have given up on a long time ago. And the Lord says, I haven't given up on that individual. And so you need to understand that if you are kind to people, you are faithful to God, you pursue righteousness, you love people. It will do a wonder of good. It will do much good in the lives of those individuals, to be able to come to the Lord and for the Lord to be able to do a work in their very lives. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your wonderful grace and your love and allowing us to be a vessel for your use. Each one of us at times have had to, Lord, flee youthful desires, have had to, Lord, flee our desire to want to get even with people, And to say that, Lord, you handle my affairs because I can just make a mess of things. But if you do it, you'll get the glory and I'll get the benefit. So we pray today that you will be with us and that you will lead us and guide us. That you will bless us. We thank you for those that are here. And we pray that whatever we face this coming week, that you will help us to stand firm according to your will and your word and your ways. Even when someone may come against us, may we have the right attitude. May we have the right spirit. May we have the right purpose. And may most of all, God, you be honored and glorified through our lives. We pray that you will pour into us that which you would want to be there and that you will get all the honor. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.